Hearts, New Hope, Golden Opportunities. And of course, I command all these wonderful things in the name of love. My name is Ricky Stevens, and this, of course, has been SFM's uh, Sunday Chill. Thank you so much for all the shout-outs as well. We can hang out shout-outs. Thank you so much. Let's do it again next week, okay? All devices are off for this week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm off chat, and uh, nobody can get in touch with me, for sure. I like that. <laughs> At 7 o'clock, time for your latest news. Uh, thanks to Sly, by the way. Thank you, Sly. Thank you. It's been amazing. It's been good, for sure. And uh, while he's here, he's eyeballing me. <laughs> <laughs> now he is here with uh, Facts of Faith shortly after the news. He's smiling. Okay, it's time for the news. Greg Host, Mr. Greg Host, is standing by with your latest SFM News. Take care. SABC News, independent and impartial. Thank you, Mr. Stevens. Union to meet over SABC turnaround strategy and renewed violence on the Cape Flats. Good evening. The Communications Workers' Union says it will be meeting with the SABC Board and the Communications Minister to give input on a turnaround strategy for the public broadcaster. National Treasury rejected the SABC's initial turnaround strategy. The public broadcaster is now working on a new plan with the support of the Communications Minister. CWU's Aubrey Shabalala says the current funding model for the SABC is not effective. This coming week on Wednesday, we are going to meet at what we call a turnaround strategy workshop where we as Labour, we wanted to make a significant input. Amongst those is job retention, but also to create jobs. So we look at SAPC not as a platform to be a champion of retrenchment, but to be a champion of creating quality, sustainable jobs. The funding model of SAPC is not working. We need to look at new ways. Violence has continued in some areas of the Cape Flats for the past 24 hours, despite a strong police presence in Philippi East. One of the latest victims is an EFF branch chairperson who was shot 14 times and killed in Kailicha. Three alleged gang members have also been wounded in a shootout with police at Grassy Park. Earlier, the police minister, Begatele, visited Philippi East and also addressed journalists at the conclusion of a crime summit in Pal. The summit resolved that all levels of government must work together to fight rising crime and violence in the province. Meanwhile, residents of Philippi on the Cape Flats have highlighted the need for collaboration between the police and the community. The township is still reeling after the killing of 11 people last weekend. The police ministry has since heeded the call to deploy more police and the army to maintain law and order in gang-ridden areas. These residents say people need jobs. I think they need work. If there is the opportunity of people getting work, they think it's going to be easy. The only thing I think is going to be helping us as a community of Marikana and Philippi, if we go, go hand to hand to help each other and then the police come to save us as the community members, I think everything is going to be all right. A man has been injured when his boat capsized in Plettenberg Bay in the Western Cape. Five other people escaped unharmed. Mark Rogers is from the National Sea Rescue Institute. A local ski boat with six males on board, four adults and two children capsized in the surf while exiting the river mouth to go fishing. The six casualty crew waded through shallow surf safely to the shore and one man has been treated for injuries. NSRI towed the casualty boat to our NSRI fled rescue base and we have righted and recovered the casualty boat. Two suspects have been arrested in connection with the hijack and kidnapping of an Uber driver in Port Elizabeth in the Eastern Cape. Police say the victim received a request to pick up two clients from a local gym and take them to the outskirts of the city. On arrival, the suspects allegedly directed the driver onto a gravel road before asking him to step out of the car and shoving him into the boot. 
Police say the suspects headed to Port Elizabeth where they attempted to sell the car. Police rescued the driver following a tip-off. Suspects will appear in court soon. The United Nations has called for the dismantling of all detention centres for refugees in Libya, saying the facilities are not fit to house migrants. The UN's appeal comes two weeks after more than 50 people were killed in an airstrike at a holding facility in the Libyan capital Tripoli. The BBC's Alan Johnston reports. 5,600 refugees and migrants are being held in dire conditions in detention centres in Libya. The devastating recent airstrike on one of them during fighting in Tripoli has revealed how dangerous these facilities can be. The UN Refugee Agency says they should be dismantled immediately and their detainees freed into their surrounding communities. The agency is ready to help support them there. French police have clashed with yellow vest demonstrators as President Emmanuel Macron arrived at the annual Bastille Day parade in Paris. The demonstrators booed at the president and called on him to resign. It comes just a day after the yellow vest took to the streets again, marking 35 consecutive weeks of a nationwide protest against the government's policies. The annual Bastille Day parade marks the storming of the Bastille prison in 1789. Over 4,000 military personnel and more than 100 aircraft are involved in the event. The top story, the Communications Workers Union says it'll be meeting with the SABC board and the Communications Minister to give input on a turnaround strategy for the public broadcaster. That's SAFM News. I'm Greg Hus. Facts of Faith with Nael Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening and welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayelu Pondwana. We are together until 8 o'clock. It's five minutes after 7. We do this every Sunday. Diarize it. It is not about to change. But should it change, we'll give you information ahead of time. Just like we did the last time we did. All right. Tonight on the Facts of Faith program, would like to encourage you, as per usual, to... Make a point of writing these numbers down. If you'd like to join in the conversation, start dialing now so that we can be able to take your calls, not later, but earlier. Our question for tonight, can religion and science harmoniously coexist? Can religion and science harmoniously coexist? Sure, you understand when we speak of uh, science and religion we are alluding to that age-old controversy between evolutionists and creationists and it has taken different forms with the passage of time but you'd find that many creationists have adopted many scientific theories as religious for example Religious communities, depending on their various varieties, now accept evolution, but to the extent that it is not macroevolution, but microevolution. Simply saying, it is possible to have people who were initially taller, but because of the circumstances and the environment and all those contributing factors, people degenerated to the height that we have today. Whether you agree with that scientifically is neither here nor there. 
But that is basically what microevolution suggests that we do agree that people evolve at a smaller scale. Not that big bang theory that gives you things from nothing, big things from nothing, like fully functional intelligent cells from a big bang, really? And you listen from that really that they just don't understand how all these so highly technical cells can evolve from one spontaneously combusted gas and that evolved really to them it makes no sense. I totally understand that perhaps there may be gaps that they are not appreciating in all of what they are saying but the bottom line is there's this age-old conversation between science and religion, creationists and evolutionists, and whether there is anything called intelligent design. Ugh, the conversation just goes all around the building, into the elevators, down the corridors, and we all get lost in the myriad of conversations trying to be as technical and nitpicking but the point is can they coexist knowing all this can they coexist can religion and science harmoniously coexist I'm Naya Lupandwana this is Facts of Faith The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. All right, let me introduce you to our guests and them introducing you to them in no particular order. We do have um, um, uh, uh, Rick Rubenheimer. Robenheimer. Robenheimer. Robenheimer, beg your pardon. Rick Robenheimer is the vice president of the South African Secular Society. President. Not the vice, the actual president. Uh, Rick, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Thank you, Nai. SAS, that's what you call it, SAS? Yes. Okay, the South African uh, Secular Society. And also, we will be joined on the line by Dr. Yusuf Noor, author of Document X. He's also... um, no stranger to the program. We've had him a few times. He will join us in a short while. But first, let me introduce you as well to um, the Bishop uh, Joshua Mpong, a cultural activist, a writer, a fighter of spiritual colonialism. He, too, is a friend of the show. Good evening to you, Bishop, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Bishop, can you hear me? All right. Uh, Dr. Noor, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud. Ah, okay. Good evening to you, sir, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. 
All right. Your line is it's not very clear. Can you speak a bit louder, please? Well, it's as loud as I can speak. Okay. I'm sure that um, uh, my team will work on something there. Any louder, I'll probably be yelling and shouting at you. All right. Bishop, can you hear me? Bishop, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Good evening, Naya and the listeners out there. Hello. Oh, good evening to you, Bishop. I don't know whatever happened to you and I, but I still want you to come to the studio. Uh, whatever happened, please, 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 let's sort it out and you come back into the studio, yeah? Yeah, man, I was out of town. By the time I was going to drive back, I would not make it just on time. So okay, all right. I would not miss that for anything. Else. No, all right, all right. Thank you very much. All right, let's jump in to it. Uh, let's begin with um, well, the first timer in our conversation, Rick uh, Robenheimer. Robenheimer, uh, the president of the South African Secular Society. In your view, sir, um, can um, uh, religion and society harmoniously coexist? I don't think that religion and science can coexist harmoniously. I think history proves to us the contrary. It would depend, of course, what you count in the way of religion. Your introduction seemed to be focused mostly on Christianity. Uh, Dr. Noor appears to be an Islamic scholar, and there was a time when Islamic scholarship was all that preserved knowledge during the Dark Ages, and that was possibly a time when religion and science coexisted to some degree. But then there are other religions as well. There's one ironically called Christian science, which has very little to do with science. The Dalai Lama has stated that if anything is found in science that contradicts the Tibetan Buddhism that he proposes, then the latter must change, the religion must change to suit the facts. And yet they haven't thrown out the doctrine of reincarnation. Then there are newer religions like uh, Scientology, which seems to have missed a trick, unfortunately, because being born in the scientific age, it could have embraced science, but hasn't. And there are tribal religions as well. So it depends how far you want to cast the net, but if we look particularly at Western civilization and the conflict between science and religion and how religion has tried to stop science in its tracks, we think of the Reformation, we think of Galileo's treatment, things of that nature, and how science's sorry, religion has gradually and grudgingly given way as the scientific evidence became unavoidable, really religion is a retardant and they cannot harmoniously coexist and eventually science is likely to wipe out religion as we know it. Science is likely to wipe out religion and religion is a retardant. All right, um, uh, Dr. Noah? Dr. Noor? Um, I do believe that religion and science uh, should coexist. They should actually not, they should be uh, compatible, not only compatible, but they should be complementary. One should support the other, and there shouldn't be any contradictions. And this is a this debate of science versus religion has been going on for many, many years, 
and still there's no end in sight, no answer in sight. But if you look from a Quranic perspective, and that's where I come from, according to the Quran, uh, science is an integral aspect of religion, and it embraces science, and it doesn't, there is no conflict between science and religion uh, in the Quran. I have studied the Quran myself uh, for many, many years, especially the scientific aspect of it, and I have looked for contradictions, and I didn't find any contradictions whatsoever in the Quran uh, uh, concerning science versus religion. Now, as I see the problem, if I can just briefly summarize it, as I, as I see the, the problem, there are basically three categories here. On the one side, you have the fundamentalists, the Christians, uh, who believe in uh, the, the Bible. Uh, they believe that the world was created six to 10,000 years ago, depending on which was consulted. And then on the other hand, you have a group of atheists which accept uh, evolution and we don't accept the Bible because the Bible, according to them, uh, contradicts evolution. And then there's a middle group, uh, scientists, which are believers. They pray to God. They believe in science. But some of them also believe in miracles, which uh, atheists don't accept. So and then you have the other, other groups in between. So these are the main categories uh, we have. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't agree with any of these categories. From my perspective, according to the Quran, as I said, and I will have to prove it, <coughs> you have to disprove me that science and co-religion exist, they coexist, and there shouldn't be and there cannot be a, uh, a discrepancy or a... <coughs> A divide between science and religion. But if you're listening to Rick, is suggesting that um, religion is retardant. Excuse me. Rick is suggesting that religion is a retardant. They cannot possibly live, live together, exist together. Quite frankly, he's suggesting that science is going to wipe up religion. Yeah, so I, as I said, I disagree that that, uh, that there is a contradiction because the Quran is the, is the central source of, of, of Islam and it contains about 30% of the book centers around science so you can see how much emphasis is laid on science in the Quran and it speaks about ultra-modern concepts about the beginning of the universe, the end of the universe, the origin of life uh, embryology, genetics, you can name it, you know, and advanced truths uh, truth that have barely been known uh, a couple of decades ago. So how can you say that, uh, that, that that science and religion or religion should be wiped out when religion, in fact, if you look at the Quran, is it, it, very much advanced and ahead of science, actually. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, take a break and come back. When we come back, we're going to bring in the bishop to hear the Christian perspective, and then I'll open the lines for any and everyone who'd like to join in the conversation to do so. Remember, the objective is to understand, and uh, <laughs> Dr. Yusuf Noor is suggesting he doesn't see any contradictions as far as he's concerned. Uh, Islam is ahead of the times and is perfectly in tandem with science. We'll find out when we come back. Good health is a journey for life. It starts with monthly breast examination. It starts with knowing that women who drink alcohol have a higher risk of developing breast cancer. Yebo. And knowing that obesity increases the risk of developing breast cancer. 
Caring for breast cancer begins with early detection. Visit your nearest healthcare provider and get examined to enable effective treatment and a better chance of recovery if diagnosed. Early detection saves lives. This message is brought to you by the National Department of Health. A long and healthy life for all South Africans. A battle that started in Soweto will yet again divide the country. In Mons, Siropas, Ngap, and the Glamour Boys, Ngapaya. Security Guard shall rise against Security Guard. The battle for trolleys will intensify. Depending on which side you support, you might not get help at the deal. So now is the time to pick a side, black and white or golden black. Hashtag pick a side on the 27th of July in this year's Colin Black Label Cup. All the action live at 3 p.m. on SABC1 and SABC radio stations. The Colin Black Label Cup. Brought to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith. All right, let's bring in the bishop and hear the Christian perspective. Try and understand if religion and science can harmoniously coexist. Bishop, your take. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome, one. Welcome, all. And thank you very much for getting me on the show. And uh, greetings to all the listeners out there and the host, Dr. Nayelupondwane. So your sir, your your take, uh, Bishop? Do you believe that um, religion and science can harmoniously coexist? It depends who you decide to make the group leader. If you make science a group leader, then science invites those it is comfortable with. If you decide to make religion the group leader, then religion invites the sciences that it is in harmony with. But all things being equal, science is trying to prove what the religion is saying. Actually, science is a form of religion, because if you ask science who was at the beginning, at the beginning of the beginning of the beginning, they'll end up also saying there should have been something that started something that started that faith. In the middle, they get into that mode, even science itself is a form of religion. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I'm glad, nice and brief. Let's go back to, to um, uh, Dr. Noor. Dr. Noor, as far as Islam is concerned, uh, what is wh- where 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 is the beginning? What is the beginning of it all? What is the beginning of it all? Of what? Are you yes, about? origins of mankind okay. and the, the the origins of life as we know it. Whether it is for primates or whether it's for Homo sapiens or any of the things that lay in between and above and around. Well, if you look at the Quran, it describes a creation process which is uh, evolutionary in nature. It speaks about the three phases of evolution, that is chemical evolution. No, sir, I'm looking for you to tell me about the Qur'an. What does the Qur'an say is the beginning of it all? I don't want you to tell us about science. Tell us about the Qur'an. Well, the Qur'an says the beginning of it all is, is that this is the first creation in the universe. And that it came into being some, you know, some 14 billion years ago. When you say creation, are you suggesting that there is a, a creator? The creation, the creation, the creator is, is God, the, the, the omnipotent, the all-powerful being. Then how do you uh, say that you are in tandem with science, Doctor Noor? Because scientists don't believe that. As far as they're concerned, there's nonsense. There's no such thing as God. How do you say that science and religion, especially your faith, the Islamic faith, are in tandem? There are no contradictions. You've looked through the, the Quran, and there are no contradictions right there from the very beginning. There's a contradiction right there. 
what is the contradiction? You believe that there is a God, there is a creator. Science doesn't believe there's a creator. No, well, that's what I'm saying. The, the thing is that if they, the, 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 my, my dominant position is this, how to prove the existence of God. And that is the essence of the argument. No, that is not, sir. We're not really interested in whether you can prove it or not at this point. What we believe in is that there must be something that you can agree on. And you have not agreed with science when scientists don't believe that there is no God. You believe there is a God. How do you I arrive at the conclusion that there is no contradiction and yet you know for a fact that you believe in some supernatural deity and scientists don't believe in that nonsense as far as science are concerned? Scientists well, are concerned. I believe in the deity because this is my why I believe in the deity. I believe in the deity because of the information contained in the Quran, which is... Dr. Noor, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even doubting that you have reasons. I do know for a fact that you surely have a reason. You're a scholar of in your faith. We know for a fact that you have reasons. And what I am asking you now is not the reason why you believe. It's the reason why you would suggest that you and scientists believe the same thing. No, 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 no. I don't. I said science and religion can, uh, they, they are, they can embrace each other. And then you went, uh, and went on to say there are no contradictions. You have read the Quran and there are no contradictions. There are no contradictions. All right, let's try and find the, the good doctor to come back to our conversation. It would appear as though both of our guests, um, Rick, they don't agree with you as far as they're concerned. It's, it's a matter of science being antagonistic to all the other group members, if I'm using the phrasing of the bishop there, that if you were a good group leader of science, you should have brought everyone on board. Uh, but because um, science is not as welcoming from your standpoint, then therefore they, they cannot coexist. It would appear as though as far as both our guests, religion guests, believe they can coexist. Where are you missing it? Well, I'd like to see where they, in fact, do coexist well. <clears throat> the good bishop or pastor, depending on which hat he's wearing, is, claims that science is a form of religion. I'd like to give him some differences. Religion, most religions anyway, if we exclude Buddhism, propose a god or gods. Science deals with that which can be proven by repeated experiment, can be observed, can be inferred from the evidence that we find, and we don't find this sort of evidence for a god. But the theory does not, that's not true, um, because we have many of the theories that have not been repeated and verified, and quite frankly, the remain theories, because none of which have been, for example, um, uh, this this very point that you're attempting to respond to. The bishop is saying, when they ask you as religious people, where is the beginning? Well, who, who brought about the gases that spontaneously combusted? Who, who created? Where do they come from? What is your answer to that? Well, my answer is that your question is wrong, because your question presupposes a who. So you're immediately begging the question of an it entity needs to be provided. It, it doesn't have to be a who, but where do they where do they come from? Well, the best accepted theory at the moment is the Big Bang theory that the current universe came from a very small, very hot collection of what was not in even atoms in those 
at that, that point, and this expanded. Now, we don't know what came before the Big Bang. See, However, that's, 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 that's where we get a problem there, allow, Rick. Allow me, allow me to finish there. No, so, no, I don't want you to even finish your thought because that's where the problem is. We need to understand when you're saying uh, you are not a faith because that's what the pastor is suggesting and you need to respond to what the pastor is suggesting that the fact that you know, you believe that there were gases that spontaneously combusted and no atoms or whatever you want to call them, surely you do understand that they didn't just exist by themselves. Something must have brought them forth. They must, according to your theory, they must have evolved from something or come from something. What is that something? Well, you get into an infinite regress if you take that, because if one, if the idea is okay, there must have been a god, a prime mover, or something that did it, then that immediately begs the question of, well, okay, if there was a god, then where did the god come from? Which means you'd simply take it one step back. So if the and the answer typically is that God always existed, so then the response would be if all right, if God always existed, but then why from not from your perspective? Why not say that the universe always existed and cut out the middleman? Your your perspective, sir. What 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 does science say everything originated from? Well I as I say I phrased it quite cautiously because we have the best thinking according to the current to the currently available evidence science is not dogmatic and science changes its mind when new evidence is presented so as far as we know there was a big bang and we don't know what happened before the big bang and we science does not pronounce on that in any way because there's really no way to get past that and observe what happened before. You that. see, what you are afraid to say, that's what the bishop is saying, is, is, is you being religious. You do believe that there is something that you're just afraid to call it God, and he's calling it God for you because the truth of the matter is you know that there was something that was there before it, but you just don't want to be in the very same league as people who believe in something that cannot be verified. Why should we call it God rather than a previous universe? You can call it a previous universe, but that's what you believe in. That's what they believe in as well, that there is something that brought forth what we now have. And that's the very issue that he's suggesting, that you are as religious as they are. You cannot verify any of the theories you just postulated tonight and still you believe them nonetheless. Let's make a distinction here. Religion proposes a God and has very specific things to say about a God, amongst other things, intelligence omnipotence and things of that nature. Uh, science doesn't propose anything of that sort. Science takes what is observable and works out the most likely situation. So there's no place for God in that because it's almost self-contradictory to say that there's this intelligence and yet it's not actually observable. The Things attributed it are generally explicable by other means, simpler means, and therefore ought to be accepted by Occam's razor. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what you believe in. This is a, now, the, the reason why we are where we are right now is we're trying to now understand if you all have this murky ground that you cannot substantiate, and that murky ground is the very beginning. And right from where you're standing right now, uh, you don't know where the beginning is. Quite frankly, you're speaking of an infinite regressive point where you 
keep on going back and back and back and that's exactly where they're comfortable saying you don't really need to go back and back because as far as they're concerned uh, that which they call God is the back and back and back now why can't you coexist because whether you want to give it a name call it God or you're gonna call it some infinite regression or whatever you want to call it it's the very same thing by different name rose by any other name so why is it that you cannot live together because you seem to have the very same characteristics but less chutzpah to call it by a name well if you look at religions religions tend to be dogmatic and have particular creeds which they're very very reluctant to change uh, some of them are willing to change under pressure the uh, Roman Catholic Church, for example, now accepts evolution, which it fought against for many, many centuries. Uh, they accepted the heliocentric M- micro, model. Microevolution, not macroevolution. They still do not believe in macroevolution as far as their books are concerned. So to generalize and say they accept evolution now would be counter-arguing their very belief in a deity that is the originator of it all, not evolution. Okay, perhaps we're going to disagree on that one. My understanding of the current Catholic dogma is that they do accept evolution but guided by their God. Uh, whether it's macro or micro, I don't think that they make that distinction, but uh, perhaps you have better in information than I do. Either way, we can go further back in history and look at the uh, heliocentric model that the Earth circles around the sun. They fought against that for many, many years and finally accepted it. Uh, this is not coexisting harmoniously. This is changing under extreme pressure. So if we're talking about religion and science coexisting harmoniously when talking about aspects of the Christian religion, no. The, if you look at the Bible, the Bible is very clear that the earth is flat, is surrounded by a dome, or is, uh, has a dome over it, which is a sky, that stars can fall out of the sky. Where, where, where do you get this? Uh, out of the Bible. Where? Uh, well, uh, I don't have the verses in front of me. Therefore, it is null and void. You cannot make references to something that you don't know actually exists. You will not find that text in the scriptures. Yes, well, I don't, we probably don't have time for me to look it up. But sure, I'll give you a, let me give you a chance to find it and then you can share it with us because that's what we like to do here to, to get the evidence of the things that we're alleging. Uh, Bishop, you, you seem to be at odds with um, uh, Rick. Our guest seems to suggest that uh, no, uh, they are not religious, that they don't acknowledge uh, a, 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 it being a god, that very beginning you're calling a god, uh, or that beginning you're calling uh, religion. That doesn't make them religious at all. You invite me on your show to represent to represent the Christian community as a bishop. Yes, sir. So can you allow me to be faithful to that task? Go for and it. I have many of my opinions that are outside of your briefing today, but I can be faithful to your brief so that at least your audience can get a fair chance. Go for it. Go for it, Bishop. Who represents them. Mm. Speaking from a pre- Christian perspective, purely Christian perspective, using the biblical text as our point of departure, we therefore believe from Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. So we have an existence of he who says, let there be before anything else is. He is the one who says, everything else becomes. From Genesis 1 verse 1. And from there, then matter begins to evolve. evolve sorry. Then you have a great contrast between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. How many years are different between that? 
Does that give the evolutional principle that there was another world prior to Genesis chapter 1 when God recreated chapter 2? That can be an argument for another date. But all things being equal, science seeks to prove by atom and experimentation that reality is. Can they put life in the same test tube and prove that it is without itself? Explain what you mean by that, Bishop. I am saying, if science wants to prove everything before it believes it, can you prove life before it becomes? Because if we are before we become, then we are after we have died. All right. So you believe that you, you believe that they prove before? Is that your, your understanding of science, no, science, Science says before I believe it, I need to prove that it is. I need to put in a test tube and I can say two carbons, three uh, chlorines, four this, five that, then this is matter and the formula is this. No, no if sir. If you can put life in the same test tube and put God in the same test tube, what formula do come with on the right? All right. So you, you do understand that science is in the business of proving even what you're calling life. For example, they're able to test whether there's brain activity. They're able to understand, to test whether so all, none of all those systems they're able to they test. See it, it's non-existent. So if they've never seen their brains, maybe they don't have anything at all. Actually, they, they have. They have dissected seen, them, sir. But they are present without you confirming their presence. They have seen the brain. They have tested it. They have dissected no, no, no. it. They have understood no, it. They have seen other people's brains. None of them has gone to check their own brains first before they do experiments. They don't need they to. They are working on other people's experiments. But what, 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 what would that bring to the conversation, testing their own brains, Bishop? Because if they don't see it, they don't believe it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I followed that argument, a Bishop. Scientist, a scientist wants to prove existence prior to faith. So they will say there's no brain until they have seen it. So I want to ask all the scientists out there, if you scan your brains first, do you know that they are there? Before I can trust what you are saying is coming from your brains. If you have not seen it, then it's not non-existent. Okay. So uh, in your opinion, because of that argument you're postulating, therefore they can coexist? I am using their own argument. That if they have not seen it, they don't believe it. But that is not their argument, sir. No, no, science is there to prove existence of matter. They are there to qualify scientific formulas behind what we call faith. They want to say, if you say there's a tree, what is a tree? If you say there is this, then they go ahead to prove that, oh, okay, you say this, but actually, actually it is this. So I'm saying, if all their statements are based on faith, let's come back to the very basics, things like life, things like existence, things like water and air. If you have never seen these things, yet you are breathing on them every day, are you saying they are non-existence, non-existing, because you have not put them in the test tube? So, in, 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 you, you're honestly saying they need to test each and every cup of water to verify whether it is water? If they claim to be scientists, then they can never be scientists without doing that. But for me, that's basic. I wish we had a scientist on the table who could tell me that we can prove that you are alive because you are alive. And I say, how do you know you are alive? Because of one, two, three, four. How do you know that you have a brain? Because, but have you seen it? No. Why? But you are talking to me. You are reasoning. That, that's faith. Faith is religious. All right. Full stop. Let's 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 bring in Doctor Noor. I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to mull over what the bishop is saying and respond to it. Doctor Noor, it would appear as though um, uh, uh, Rick here doesn't agree with you at all. Quite frankly, 
um, he believes that um, what you are saying is, is devoid of substance because you believe in some supernatural being. It is not verifiable. It is not testi- te- test- testable. Quite frankly, you cannot reproduce any of the theories in any environment, controlled environment, as will be in the case of a lab, so, so that they can verify your claims in any of the things that you believe in. Therefore, you cannot coexist together science and religion okay uh, uh, right i understand that okay i say what i'm saying in science and, and religion is when i talk about creation itself how creation operates how it functions there is the with them there is the harmony but when it comes to the existence of god that they deny the existence of god and i believe in god obviously there, there is the disagreement but as far as the 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 enterprise the the, the creation of the universe is concerned Life is concerned how it, as I say, how it operates, how the what principles govern it. That is consistent with with the Quran. Now you, you switch the argument a little bit. You're saying now that that God doesn't exist. Now I disagree with you. So because my understanding of why God exists is this. No, sir. And I never said God does not exist. But but you say you see you're interrupting me all the time. You don't give me a chance to talk. Let me let me let me let me. Uh, let me uh, we cannot we, we cannot have our conversation in the wrong direction, sir. No one said I did not say that God doesn't exist. Science doesn't but believe in you, that God you, doesn't you exist. You cannot verify it. Science doesn't believe that God exists. They believe in evolution. Yeah, I believe in evolution myself. I believe in evolution because it's a reality. Can I please interject there? Naya, can yes. I pause something? Yes, go ahead, Bishop. Believing in evolution is the worst form of foolishness I've ever found on the face of the earth. Well, it means that given enough time, matter can gather together and become substance. It means, therefore, if you walk in the jungle of Amazon, metal will find rubber, rubber will find paint, paint will find leather, leather will come up with tires, tires will make a Mercedes-Benz AMG parked in the midst of the bush. That takes far much more faith than common sense in the real world. That things can become without a cause. In the philosophical world where we come from, there is an ontological argument that behind every design, there's a designer. To think that human beings are alive by coincidence, I think that mountain, if your child comes out because you are there, if your house is there because you built it, if your clothes you are putting on because Gucci made them, if your shoes because Kaduchi made them, what the hell do you think that you just popped up on the face of the earth without any pre-existence matter that thought about your existence comes into place? That baffles me. It's total nonsense. All right. <laughs> Dr. Noah, I need you to respond. I'm going to give it to his response. 0891 We're taking your calls. Now you're listening to the views from Rick. You're listening to the view from the pastor and from the good doctor. Uh, they're all giving their perspective. I'd like to hear your perspective. 0891 Send your text to our SMS line as well as our, our, on Twitter. We'll take some tweets, some tweets on uh, at SFM Radio. And the hashtag is hashtag SFM facts of faith. Dr. No, you can respond. Yeah. Look, I said that I believe in God. I'm sorry if I misunderstood you that you say, but what you're saying is you cannot verify the existence of God. I beg to differ that why I believe in God is that God is a, for me, is a being possessing certain qualities of perfection, supremacy, uh, being uh, omniscient, all knowledgeable, and so on. So if you can prove that a being exists, with one of these qualities, then I think you've made your point. Now, my, 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 my argument is this. If you look at the Quran, 
that it has knowledge that is beyond human understanding. It, 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 is, it contains ultra-modern truth. It can only be explained in terms of an of a, of a, of a all-knowledgeable creator. It's like an electron. I mean, nobody has seen an electron, but we know what the qualities of electron I need you to respond to what the, the, the pastor is saying there, uh, Dr. Noor. Wait, 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 let me finish. We, we've never seen an electron, but we can, we, can, we can identify based on the qualities. Now, this is my argument. If I can prove to you a being exists that has all, that has all powerful, that has infinite knowledge, then you must agree that such a being exists. Fair enough. If you can prove it, we'll agree with it. But you still need to respond to what the good well, pastor the, is suggesting. The proof, the proof I want to object. I want to object, Naya. I want to object. It's not everything that you can prove that is existent. The doctor, honorable as he is on your station, cannot tell me that he has evidence that he has got a brain in his head based on a scan. On a, we believe some certain things without proof. You cannot even prove to me that his father is his father. Faith runs this world. Disagree to that. Then let's, let's not monkey around a basic I- issue that you, you can have things in existence without you proving them to be existent. Then we, we are messing up the whole type and the whole spectrum of lifestyle. We don't have proof even to our own existence. We cannot prove that a table is a table, a chair is a chair, except for etymological agreement. It's not fact. It's not fact that you are Mungonyama's child. When your ma- own mother can wake up tomorrow morning and tell you I'm Kiza's child. It's not a fact. All right, let's give, let's let's give the let's doctor... Let's not refuse the fact that faith... Let the doctor respond. How about let, some let, response let, from let, the let, agnostic let, side? Let, let, faith manages do, science. Pastor, let the doctor respond and we'll have Rick respond as well from science perspective. Dr. Noor, you can respond. Uh, respond to what? To what the pastor is suggesting, that you are mixing two things that do not mix. You're expecting everything to be proven, and yet some things don't no, no, need I and believe, cannot be proven. I believe in evidence, because you cannot faith. If you have faith... You have evidence that your mother is your mother. If you have faith without knowledge or understanding, then it's blind faith. And that is a dangerous thing. Because then you can believe anything, and you can say, that's well, that's my faith. I'm asking you to if, respond if to the question, Dr. Noor. I need you to respond Excuse to that question. Excuse me? I need you to respond to what the pastor is suggesting. He's suggesting that the not everything... He's suggesting about faith that runs the world, that you have to have faith of things that exist. I say you have to have evidence also. He's giving an example. With the, with he's the, giving an example that I'm asking you to respond to. He's saying you don't have evidence for many of the things that you already believe in. For example, you believe that your mother is your mother and that you don't have any evidence for it. Yes, yes. But, but I do, do I have to prove it? Yes, he's suggesting that if you believe that everything needs to be evidence, therefore you cannot believe it because... because I have to prove it, I can prove it. But you haven't. But there's, 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 there's no need, but you want me, you want me to prove that... Oh, that when it's convenient, there's no need. All right. When it's convenient for you, there's no need. All right, let's when it's convenient for conviction, then there's need to prove other things. If it's not convenient for faith, it must not be convenient for fact. Let's have, let's have science respond. Rick, you can respond to what the pastor is saying, please. Right, thank you. First of all, the bishop is either uh, woefully ignorant of uh, of um, the concept of evolution or he's simply misrepresenting things intentionally. He talks about a des- there has to be a designer behind every design. However, he's talking of human things and the human universe. 
there is no reason to suppose that there is a designer behind planets, behind animals, behind things in the natural Daniel, world. Father, my Lord. And you if you would kindly stop time. interrupting me so that I can talk, mother. because You're I did not interrupt you when you were speaking, sir. Thank you. A little bit of respect from the office that you represent would be helpful. Thank you. <clears throat> now, the point here is that he's presupposing that there has to be a design. If we look at, for example, the human body, uh, Dr. Noor is a doctor, so he can possibly collaborate this, but the human body is not well designed. It has many flaws. We think of things like appendices. How about having testicles hanging down where they can be damaged and easily crushed? How about the the vagus nerve, how there, there are many, how the human eye is badly designed compared to the octopus eye, for example, because it's got its blood vessels on, and nerves on the inside and have to go out through the blind spot. So to say, to say that it has been designed, and particularly to infer an intelligent designer, implies a very unintelligent designer because that designer has made many mistakes. And this is completely consistent with evolution simply taking what works what survives i'm sorry i'm sorry uh, Rick, that's that's an, a leap of logic right there we have so many things that have been designed and we believe those things have been designed even though they may have been poorly designed from any of the things that you uh, can pinpoint the computers in front of us the telephone the cellular telephone the, the cars any of the things that, that have been designed we know they have been designed even though will always identify flaws so the logic that says because there are flaws therefore they, there is no designer it's flawed logic in and by itself. Quite frankly, if that is your understanding of intelligence, then that, that doesn't speak much of the intelligence in that argument. So you're proposing an unintelligent God who isn't able to design I'm proposing properly. that you cannot therefore say your argument stands because you, you're saying there's poor uh, d- d- design, therefore there is no designer. Poor design doesn't mean there's no design. It simply means the design in your idea and understanding is not sufficient, it's not good enough. And that it's not good enough in your opinion doesn't mean it is not it is good it's not good enough in somebody else's view. The car, the computer, they were all designed. But the fact that they are poorly designed and will always identify flaws doesn't mean that there's no designer. We know there's an Alexander Graham Bell who designed the telephone. The fact that the telephone is poorly designed in the time it was designed as compared to what we have today doesn't mean there was never an Alexander Graham Bell. That logic is flawed. Okay, I take, I take your okay. point on that. However, bear in mind that the theists are proposing that there is an all-knowing, all-seeing, all-intelligent designer. Now, if that intelligent designer produces an unintelligent design, there's a problem. Anyway, let, let's... Uh, there are quite okay. a few things I have to answer, okay. so let, let me just I'll move give on. You a chance. Okay. No, I'll give you a chance. I'll, 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 just hold on, Dr. Noor. I want to bring in some calls as well because they would like to join in the conversation as well. We have 10 minutes to bring them in, then you can respond. All three of you can respond to them. Let's go to Mtandeki first. Mtandeki is in Kronstadt. Good evening, Mtandeki. Hey, good evening, Naye, and to your guest today. Naye, the last caller really came closer to my what I was going to dub it as Yes, uh, yeah, science and religion can coexist, but I want to add to some extent, because in some respects, there are certain things like, for example, now we are talking of over the very same uh, phone we are talking, engaging the public. 
is through the development of that science and even the very same religion has accepted to utilize the very same science but the problem becomes when uh, the the religion wants to ex totally ignore the relevance and importance of science or on the other side the same happens to me all over time especially if we go and follow the history of egyptians how they actually their scientific development evolved over time i'm therefore of the view that we should not antagonize each other on the matter the point is is there are certain things people who believe may definitely feel offended if they are challenged in whatever any way it's how they believe but surely speaking the human being mental capacity is so so intelligent it can construct so wonderfully on this planet and therefore to me accept that there is that degree of coexistence to some extent all right. Thank you very much, Mtanik. Appreciate your call. I'm going to take a break and come back and give my guests each two minutes to respond, and then we'll conclude our conversation on that note. It's eight minutes before eight. Caring for cervical cancer begins with early detection. It starts with knowing that alcohol, tobacco, unprotected sex, and obesity are the major risk factors contributing to most types of cancers. Take an oath today to undergo regular screening and follow preventative measures. Go to your nearest health care provider to get screened and tested for cervical cancer. It's preventable and treatable. Early detection saves lives. This message is brought to you by the National Department of Health. A long and healthy life for all South Africans. A battle that started in Soweto will yet again divide the country. In Mons, Siropas, Ngapa. And the Glamour Boys, Ngapaya. Security guard shall rise against security guard. The battle for trolleys will intensify. Depending on which side you support, you might not get help at the deal. So now is the time to pick a side, black and white or golden blink. Hashtag pick a side on the 27th of July in this year's Colin Black Label Cup. All the action live at 3 p.m. on SABC1 and SABC radio stations. The Colin Black Label Cup. Brought to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. Let me read some text for those of you who sent some text to our SMS line. One test read science and religion can coexist, but they must be tolerant of each other. That one is not signed. Please don't forget to sign your texts. Please. Another text reads, the notion that our God created this world, an idea that there were an explosion or there was an explosion when our God created life in the universe proves God created this with the coexistence with science, my dad. Okay. Okay, my dad. <laughs> Another text reads, God is nature or evolution itself and nature comes before science. Willie in Christiana. Thank you very much, Willie in Christiana. Six minutes each, gentlemen. I'm going to begin with you, Dr. Noor. Your response and your closing remarks. Yeah, I just want to respond to, to, to Rick about the uh, an unintelligent designer. If you look at the Quran, it lays down the basic principles of evolution, the, the tree-like pattern of evolution, extinction, uh, selection, all those principles. But what he says is true. Our body has uh, a number of imperfections. And he mentioned uh, the vagus nerve, the appendix, and so on and so on, which is true. Which is, but if you look at the the the, the definition of of Rab or Lord in the, in the Quran, it means 
it refers to somebody or some uh, the, the 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 evolutioner who guides him from one uh, from one stage to another stage until it reaches its goal of completion. And if you look at the word create in uh, Arabic terms, means to fashion and shape over extended periods. So. The, the the fact that in other words the body at the, at this moment is a, a, a work in progress it is not reached its uh, goal of perfection yet so it is still evolving and 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 to say that because of that that uh, the, the design is unintelligent is is a misrepresented citation uh, of the facts uh, for example of the fact uh, we have back almost every second patient that's back because we haven't uh, become used to the, the, the upright position yet because we've been walking on all fours for, for, for many millions of years. And it will take time for the, for, for the, for the spinal cord to adjust to, to, the, to the erect situation. So, uh, so, in other words, the argument that, 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 that God is unintelligent because of the imperfections uh, does not hold. Okay. Well, let's, let's have Rick respond. Two minutes, Rick. Go ahead. Thank you, Nye. <coughs> There's quite a lot to respond to. <clears throat> I, when I became aware of the, the show and that Dr. Noor was on it, I went to try and get a copy of his book. But unfortunately, his website was down, so I wasn't able to. He claims that there's something like 120 items in the Quran that support science, that are ahead of science. And he says that this could only be known to a superior being which he postulates is God and I think he takes some leaps of faith there because there's no way of proving that this being had infinite knowledge so we could for example as an alternative hypothesis postulate a space alien that knew better science, more science than the people of Muhammad's time and that would also adequately address the question of where the information came from, assuming that, in fact, that information is correct. But uh, I've looked around at some of the websites which claim science in the Quran, and if his book is similar, then I must say that there's an awful lot of cherry-picking going on, taking verses and interpreting them to suit the facts after the fact. I would suggest that and I would have loved to have had the time to ask him this question, but I, w I would like to ask what inventions came out of the Quran specifically based on the science that was revealed in the Quran, and I can think of none, because it's a matter of retrofitting the verses in the Quran to what we later discover. But if it was a really a revelation of basic laws of uh, water consists of hydrogen and oxygen, for example, things that people could use and could build on and could create with, then we would have seen a flowering of inventions coming out of the knowledge in the Quran. And right. I don't think we've seen this at all. Thank all you. Right. Bishop, you get the final two minutes. Go ahead. Final two minutes will have to do with evolution if what we are looking at right now are flawed comments from human beings. Then even their originator is flawed also. So let's not even waste time debating evolution, creation, and the biblical text. If God is flawed, then everything that comes out of him is also equally mistaken like the author is. However, today, your brief, which I received, was to stand on behalf of the Christian community. I want to believe that God is intelligent, 
And the mystics that have happened are human mystics. The, the, the purity of divinity remains constant. And therefore, in the midst of us arguing about our existence, let's not doubt the existence of the pre-existent, the one who said, let there be, must be before it becomes. Every creation has a creator behind it. And every design has a designer behind it. It's up to you as the audience and you as the producer of the show to say who designed what we see now. All right. Um, Bishop Maponga, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. Dr. Yusuf Noor, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. And Rick Raubenheimer. Robin Ivor. Oh, forgive me there. All right. That's uh, that's how we conclude our conversation for today. Uh, the time is always the enemy for me, Nayalu Pondwana, and the team. We do this every Sunday. Don't miss it. As I always say, call at the beginning of the program. So I'm going to take your calls at the beginning, not at the end. At the end, everything has gone all over the place. All right. Till tomorrow at 10 for the Headspace. I'm Nayalu Pondwana. Have a wonderful evening and Godspeed. SABC News, independent and impartial. A call for special courts and union to meet over SABC turnaround strategy. Good evening. The Western Cape Community Police Forum Board is calling for special courts for gang-related cases. Members of the board addressed the crime summit that concluded in PAL over the weekend. The chairperson of the board, Francina Lucas, says they have previously raised the issue with the police minister. That is one of the solutions or recommendations coming from the commissions, but also one of the issues that we have raised in our memorandum, which we handed over to Minister during the budget speech during this week. But we're also saying no bail. Big issue for us, criminals coming out on bail and then continue doing these criminal activities. The Communications Workers Union says it will be meeting with the SABC board and the Communications Minister to give input on a turnaround strategy for the public broadcaster. National Treasury rejected the SABC's initial turnaround strategy. The public broadcaster is now working on a new plan with the support of the Communications Minister. CWU's Aubrey Shabalala says the current funding model for the SABC is not effective. This coming week on Wednesday, we are going to meet at what we call a turnaround strategy workshop where we as Labour, we wanted to make a significant input. Amongst those is job retention, but also to create jobs. So we look at SAPC not as a platform to be a champion of retrenchment, but to be a champion of creating quality, sustainable jobs. The funding model of SAPC is not working. We need to look at new ways. A man has been arrested in Soweto following a fatal shooting of a policewoman. Yesterday, members of the police had just buried one of their own and were having refreshments after the funeral. It's alleged that a member of the public, who was also attending the funeral, fired shots in the air and the constable was hit. She was rushed to hospital where she was declared dead on arrival. Police spokesperson Mabella Masondo. Police service in Gauteng is saddened on learning of the untimely death of a 40-year-old female constable stationed at Dobsonville. The Provincial Commissioner of the Police in Gauteng has extended his sincere condolences to the colleagues and family of the deceased constable. Opposition parties in the Free State have welcomed President Saul Ramaphosa's decision to sign a new proclamation that allowed the Special Investigating Unit to probe alleged multi-million rand corruption relating to audit and assessment of asbestos roofs in the province. Free State DA legislator Leonie Kleinans says they've also referred the matter to the public protector. We are very, very happy that at last this is now going to be properly investigated. 
because this is a clear case of looting, money laundering, getting the money out of the Department of Human Settlements into the pockets of other people. And that is absolutely outrageous, especially for the Department of Human Settlements. You see all over the province people living in informal settlements. The people need houses, but still the Department of Human Settlements sees fit to take out 250 million. The United Nations has called for the dismantling of all detention centres for refugees in Libya, saying the facilities are not fit to house migrants. The UN's appeal comes two weeks after more than 50 people were killed in an airstrike at a holding facility in the Libyan capital, Tripoli. The BBC's Alan Johnston reports. 5,600 refugees and migrants are being held in dire conditions in detention centres in Libya. The devastating recent airstrike on one of them during fighting in Tripoli has revealed how dangerous these facilities can be. The UN Refugee Agency says they should be dismantled immediately and their detainees freed into their surrounding communities. The agency is ready to help support them there. American Airlines has announced it extended flight cancellations for the fourth time due to the grounding of the Boeing 737 MAX passenger jets. Authorities around the world grounded fleets of the 737 MAX planes in March after two crashes in Indonesia and Ethiopia killed a total of almost 350 people. American Airlines is the world's largest airline. The BBC's David Bamford has more. American Airlines said about 115 daily